Council. At home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. My Little Angel. Well, actually, Sherilyn's My Little Angel here today. That was... William Shakespeare. There's a nice start to the show, isn't it, Sherilyn? It's lovely. I feel very happy now. That's an upbeat song from uh, a long time ago. Yes, indeed. Back from the uh, wild old 70s there. Always on uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoon countdown, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. With William Shakespeare, that very strange fellow who dressed up (laughs) like a... Yes, he was a bit funny, wasn't he? Mm. Okay, it's the Gardening Gang for yet another weekend here on the Central Coast and being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at... uh, uh, North Gosford, no, well, yeah. actually Wyoming. And also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Thanks, guys, for your sponsorship. Mm. Cheryl, on the uh, point you've got here today is a discussion about uh, a lovely flower called the camellia. Is that right? Camellia. Chameleon. Camellia. Yes, that's what we've got because we've been asked. We keep getting all this mail and all of these phone calls about camellias because they're all in our nurseries at the moment. People would like to know about them. And so we thought, okay, let's do a show about camellias or we'll focus on it. We've got all our regulars as well. So we'll be talking about how to grow them any problems you might face at all. And, of course, you can ring us up as well if you've got a camellia story or a question as well uh, through the show. These um, camellias are very close to me mm-hmm. in terms of its name. You know, I'm not a great uh, gardener. Only in recent years have I I've seen the benefits. You. And uh, it was the... Uh, where I lived in Sydney was called Carring Bar down in the beautiful Shire of Sydney. Yes. And they had this magnificent uh, kind of natural reserve called the Camellia Gardens. Right. Now, the Camellia Gardens were not far from our place and they were very popular and everyone would go down there and take bus trips and things like that. Mm -hmm. So my experience of camellias is purely based on the Camellia Gardens of the Sutherland Shire. And people would come from around the... I don't know about around the world, but across <laughs> Sydney. They would come down for an afternoon my tea. Yeah. And they have a cup of tea there at the tea house and really enjoy their life. But, uh, Pete, you're enjoying a nice camellia tea there? Uh, I don't know if it's camellia tea. No, it is. A, uh, it is. It is. Lipton's, they call this Lipton's one. tea is still camellia tea. Camellia sinethus is a type of camellia, and that's where we get all of our tea from, our black and green tea, is actually what you're drinking, is the camellia plant. And that's why they came over to Australia as well. So the first evidence of the use and cultivation of camellias at all is in China about 5,000 years ago. Not as a beautiful plant as we know it in our gardens, but to make tea out of. That's what they had it for. Nourishment. So the leaves of camellia, a camellia sinethus, that's what it's used for. And also in Japan as well, that's what it's used for as as well. But the beautiful uh, camellia japonica and also uh, there's a few others that we'll talk about today as well. They're purely ornamental, the beautiful pink flowers. That, that's usually synonymous with camellias. I also think of them about my childhood uh, in the inner west. They were very, very popular uh, slipping over them at this time of the year. They're called the Queen of Winter because that's when they flower mostly. Oh, okay. And I just always remember them, the, those big pink blossoms falling on the wet pavements and then, you know, be careful because they're very, very slippery. They get a bit slimy as well. Now's the time to plant them. We see them around a, a lot. They're in flower sort of autumn to the to the beginning of winter, so they stop now and then we like putting them out as well. Some of the hybrids will go right through till spring with their flowering, but they're a very long-lived 
plant. They can some of them live up to hundreds of years as well. They they can be drought tolerant. They're shady ladies. You'd like that, wouldn't you, Pete? And the shady ladies of Naughty Lane. I think there was at the same <laughs> shady ladies. I don't know. They could be, lane. but they, they most of them like the shade or semi shade. There are some that do 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 better in the in sort of sunlight as well. But they're a great one along with the azaleas that do well in the shade. Camellias make great hedges, uh, particularly the sasanquas. They're fantastic for screening and for, you know, hedges, if that's what you're looking for as well. They grow well. Look, they're they're pretty hardy. There's a few little uh, things that you need to look out for as well. But they do grow well on the central coast and in in temperate areas. Well, I might just have a little uh, cup of camellia here. Yeah, have a cup of that. Play a song that's got a kind of a camellia view about it. Oh. Yes, Karma Camellia. The club at Coast FM and that Karma Chameleon. As opposed to camellias, that's the topic of conversation today. When I think about the fact that they, camellias were <laughs> part of tea production. Yes. Uh, salon tea was always the fave here in Australia, black tea. Yep. And uh, that, of course, came from a very well-known country <laughs> called Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, that's and, correct. Uh, so that was all part of where the origin of that product... Uh, well, I'll tell you, it, it's... In a, Asia. In Asia, and it's a fascinating thing because the English, you know, that they're, they're famous for their tea drinking, it's synonymous yeah, with it. I love it. And the first camellia arrived in England in the early 18th century and uh, this was brought in by an apocryphy person. <laughs> I was thinking, what is what is the... Uh, he's an apocryphist, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, his name was James Pediver. And in 1702, he described a plant with a red flower named the Theat Chinesis. And it was he was actually trying to get tea because the Chinese are like, I'm not going to tell you what it is. And he thought that this was the tea plant. And uh, anyway, he looked all through that and he tried to propagate it to make tea and it never gave him the desired result at all. So he was going, this looks like, you know, what they're, they're doing, but he was actually using different types of camellias that we make hedges and things out of. Yeah. Anyway, in Australia, so um, they have been cultivated for about 200 years, off and on. Somebody uh, just sent me a little note and said, but really as a something that people sold in nurseries to uh, 1950s, that's when they, they had it. Camellia growers love to hybridise these and there are now over, have a guess, Pete, how many different cultivars there are? Oh, been? I think uh, 300? 20,000 different types um, of camellias. There's one for you. <laughs> There's one for you. Our one came from the one that you see mostly in Australia is uh, Japonica, which is obviously from Japan. That's where we get at most of ours. So they don't mind a light frost. Most of them need shade, particularly during the midday sun heat. They're not going to like the Aussie heat. They just don't. So they need protection also from hot, drying winds. That's what they need. One of an- Another popular one is I mentioned earlier is the... Sa- <laughs> The the San Sasqua, that's it. The, the Sas- San Sasqua. The Sas Sasqua um, camellia, and you can recognise it because it's got smaller leaves and it's pretty straggly and leggy growth. I like it because the flowers are absolutely beautiful and the petals do drop down a lot. So it's almost like to me, it's like having like the red carpet underneath something like the you know the. Um, what are those big trees called again? Jacarandas. Those, hmm. They're the ones. So it's kind of like that. I like those. Camellias, by the whole, they need a well-dried, slightly acidic 
soil with a pH range of between 6 and 6.5. They love lots of compost and that'll help maintain this acidity soil. So if you understand your pH, they like a slightly acidic soil over other things. There's so many camellias, you'll find one that's going to suit you for sure. Give them good fertiliser. There are azalea and camellia fertilisers out there, commercial ones that you can you can find. They like a feed sort of early summer and then just before flowering as well, you can give it a bit of potash as well. That'll help out with its, uh, with, with its growing. Well, all that takes us to the Central Coast now. Are the uh, climate conditions here perfect for these uh, comedians? Pretty much. You know, the Japonica's really, really good. That's a good one. There's one called Bob Hope. I wonder who that's named after. And I hear hear about that a lot. Apparently it's very drought tolerant. Now, I've had camellias around. I don't actually, I'm going to, this is full disclosure. I'm going, I don't grow camellias myself. I know they're a favourite of a lot of people. I know a bit about them, obviously, being a horticulturalist, but I I don't grow them myself. But I know that the Bob Hope is very, very popular with people. I'd stick with the Japonica for the Central Coast and temperate areas. Any of those, and there'll probably be, you know, 10,000 of those out there. If you go to our local nurseries, they will help you out with the perfect camellia with you. They're all full of them at the moment because everybody's thinking about kama, 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 camellias. That's it. Uh, Meantime, get your camellias in. It's now time to crack them. Okay. It is. Crack them into the soil. Crack them in. (laughs) And they'll be looking fabulous this time next year. Oh, they will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a head. And make your own cup of tea. Imagine the savings. Imagine that. Might have to soon, I tell you what, Pete, the way things are going. I don't feel down about all this weather. (laughs) There's been enough of that talk around the Central Coast and, in fact, most of the, uh, shall we say, east coast of the land of Oz. Yes. All this rain, my goodness. Now, expecting a bit of a drier afternoon. Uh, A couple of showers around tomorrow, mainly sunny on Monday. That's the expectation from the Bureau. And looking at the uh, radar system... It appears to be less cloud activity out there, so that's good. That is really good news. Now, a gentleman on the Central Coast by the name of uh, uh, Ben, Ben Seymour, has come up with a bit of an idea, a bit of a germ of an idea, involving uh, raising money for flood victims here on the coast. We'll talk to him real soon. At home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. It's the Gardening Gang. Yeah. And I've got a gentleman here who's a Wyong boy. A dead set Wyong boy mm-hmm. who's been uh, working in property industry, like the farms and all that, around the Yarramalong Valley. And his name is Ben. Ben Seymour. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning. How are you guys? Wait. Now, why did Sheldon drag you in here? I know it was a wet day, so you've come in <laughs> to get, get out of the here. rain. It's a very wet day, yes. And um, <laughs> I, I came in today to talk to you both about this crazy idea that in the last week that I've had, it's been an absolutely hectic week. It's just been blown up by media and a lot of people have expressed their interest in it. Okay, well, let's get down to the nitty gritty. What are we uh, planning, Ben? So I was sitting around, this was middle of July, I think it was, or early July, and right in the middle of this horrific flood season we had here on the coast, it was just devastating across, for everyone here on the coast, uh, not just for the valley, but everyone I've, I've seen on the internet, on Facebook, has been affected in some way. A lot of people, we've seen a lot of flooding around the lake and areas like that, and, sure. and the valleys as well. Mm. I was sitting around one morning, I was having a talk to my parents, and I was sitting down playing my guitar, as I do for one more, every morning, 
morning tea time, sit around and have a coffee and we just hear the rain gushing down outside like that Slim Dusty song, When the Rain Tumbles Down in, in July. July. indeed. I just heard it outside and, as I said, I was just scrolling through Facebook and I was seeing all these photos, these horrific photos. Of flooded of, people. Of flooded people, not just farmers but also, like, just homes yeah. and yeah, businesses yeah. out in yeah. the valley. That's right, and our it, gardeners as well. Like, they've lost their exactly. gardens. Exactly, that's everybody. right, yeah. That's all got to be replaced. That's mm. all got to be redone because... The effects that it's had on people have just been horrific, you know, and um, it really moved me because someone who is a country music performer, uh-huh. the people who live out in those areas are what inspires us. You know, they're the yes. epitome of what we they do are the as country the earth, music. Mate. Yes. They are what we do as country music performers. These are our crowd. These are our people out there. And it really shook me to the core. And I said, I want to do something about this. When all this horrific rain event stops, I want to start getting people together. Let's make this happen, you know. Like, let's do something so about this. you're advanced on a couple of ideas, are you? So what's, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Well, we're thinking about... And when I say we, I mean I. <laughs> yeah, we haven't quite got a committee yet looking towards organising that very, very soon. Yeah, now what we're going to do, I'm proposing, is that we do a fundraiser concert for victims of the valley floods that have occurred. So I'm proposing like a $10 admission sort of charge, right, okay. have a bunch of local artists come on board, do like mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes each for a few hours. We're going to have a bit of a raffle. We've got a lot of right. um, sponsors from local businesses that are thinking of coming on board. Actually, already I think we've got about seven or eight businesses that have already donated raffle prizes. Okay. So it's just fantastic because, see, the real only real challenge for us is trying to secure a venue now. That's the... Ah. And also to help with distribution because... I like to call myself an honest person and I want to do this for all the right reasons. Obviously, I need a little bit of help in that department because I'm terrible at maths and I'm terrible at accounting. So I need a little bit of help in that department. I hope you're so. not terrible at singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I am good at. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, look, I I'm definitely want something to become of this and I want people to become aware of it. And I want this to get out to the people that have been affected by this. Now, have you found a property yet? What's the uh, situation now? You've, you're facing a venue. You're facing a venue. problems yeah. trying to find a, right. uh, a venue. Yes, we're. Tr- I'm still trying to secure a venue. I've had an interest from a number of local venues around here. The problem is, it's not. None of them are big enough. <laughs> You would be surprised the amount of interest I have received in the last week. I've, I think I've probably had over about 100 different messages from people. Right. And about 500 Facebook reactions or whatever, you know, like just there's been an extraordinary amount of interest. Mm. This sounds like a fabulous thing. So we're looking for a venue and yes. uh, and also you're looking for Preferably people... in the Wyong region. So if you are yes. a venue in the Wyong region, please write to me or please call me or message me or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's Ben Seymour. Uh, are you in the phone book? What's a phone book, he says? Um, I'm not in a phone book, no. <laughs> Probably rather send me an email than be inundated with phone calls during the week. Okay. 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 <laughs> email is? Benjamin Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. Right. At Outlook.com. Excellent. Love well, there it. you go. There's the story. Ben Seymour, local bloke uh, from the Wyong in the Valley. It's uh, Out to uh, help make people's lives a little better after these big floods have mm. dwindled away. That's right. After the rain of... Tumbling down in July. Stop falling in July. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. No worries. Happy to be here. And if anyone has a property they'd like to uh, supply as the venue... Yeah, around Wyong. Give them a call. Yeah, give them a call. Let him know. Easy as that. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the gardening gang. Coast FM. (laughs) Ben Seymour is the man to contact in regard to that uh, proposed fundraiser for the, uh, the victims of floods... Particularly in the Wang Shire. Yes. Because that's where young Ben lives. Nice young man. Lovely.
And very self-assured on the radio too, I might add. Yeah. Very, very happy. Impressive. Now, talking about the Wang region, the Wang District Horticultural Competition. Now, that's uh, being announced. Well, it's mm. being announced. They're actually accepting applications now. They are. Anywhere in the former... This is a bit discriminatory. <laughs> no, it's Those not. people in the old Gosford uh, Shire area, uh, close your ears off. <laughs> <laughs> this is only for people who live in the old Wyong Shire area. That's the me. The Wyong Garden it's Competition. Me. I'm in, I'm in. That's oh, it. you'll be right. It's all okay. about the South. Saratoga, sorry. No, you're not in. And uh, the information that we have here is that the closure of that particular comp is coming mm. up on the 1st of September, which is one week away. Okay, so yes. you've got to get your entries in. whole yes. bunch of different competitions. Do, You're going to be entering your uh, beautiful uh, oasis in there, Sharon? I don't think or you so. think I don't it think might be a, a, a bit of an advantage? Yeah, I think I'd get a bit of an advantage. That's it. Or it could, I could, it could be very embarrassing, couldn't it, if I didn't get up <laughs> into one of the uh, things and be like, what you see? <laughs> your you reputation. Ro- yeah, my reputation of writing yes, for uh, all the, mag- the newspapers and being here might be damaged a little bit. So I think I might just leave it to the good people of the Wyong Shire or the former Wyong Shire to be in there. Look, there's lots of sections here too. So there's plants in containers. There's floral art. So if you're into floristry, you can do that. Cut flowers, best cut flowers, fruit and veggies. Ah, oh, there you go. You've been grow- haven't you been trying to grow a few veggies over there, Pete? Wrong shire, girl. Oh, that's what you can't be. I might sneak you in. How's this, Pete? <laughs> we could do something here. You could bring one of your nice pot plants over and I'll just go, <laughs> yeah, it's mine. Uh, also, it's open for school or community uh, garden produce. This is fantastic. So there's lots of different things this year. Uh, trophies are awarded. Oh, there's a grand champion of the whole thing. I love this and champion floral art. There's so many things. It looks brilliant. Now, to find more information, I've got an email here and uh, get your pen and paper and I'll put it up on the Coast FM 963 Gosford Facebook page as well. So F for Freddie, A, B, I, B for Bill, B-I-L-L at bigpond.com. So it's uh, farbill at bigpond.com and that will, you'll get some more information there. Oh, so, you're ex- so excited yeah, about this, aren't you? Jeez, it's only the Wang Show, you know. Oh, I've got a phone number. Hang on, you can you can ring Bill. No, this is fantastic. Well, it's always about the South, isn't it? Four three nine two three two seven one. That's four three nine two three two seven one. And uh, you can have a chat to Bill there, and he's the president. He's continuing. Also, in gardening it. news, we've got uh, local landscape photographer Shane Leslie. Shane's a lady. Mm-hmm. Will be the valued speaker at the next meeting of the Central Coast Group of the Australian Plant Society, and it's going to be on Saturday, thirteen August, three weeks time. Mm-hmm. And Shane will not only teach us a little about nature photography but also share the stories behind her exceptional photographic images that have captured stunning, diverse habitats within nearby Strickland State Forest. Yeah. So that's the uh, big day coming up, three weeks' time, a lecture from Shane Leslie on photography in the plant I world. like that. You could okay. be taking photos of your award-winning gardens, you see. There you go. This is a great segue. <laughs> now, a shout-out today to one of the uh, people uh. who live in the area where Sharon lives. Yes. Because uh, they have discovered you, my dear. You and your dog were found by the paparazzi. Yeah, they, yes, yes. I, no? I go for my nice morning walks now. I'm like, it's get fit, uh, get fit for Brit or get fit for something. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I was out having a, a, my morning walk around one of the lakes with Sage. 
Sailor. And I wasn't recognised at all, Pete. You know who was recognised? Sailor. The dog. The dog, yeah. So I'd like the to pup. say good morning to Rita and her beautiful little boy, Toby, because uh, when I we were introducing our dogs, having our morning little chat, and I said, come on, Sailor, let's go. And Rita was so excited because she said, are you Sherilyn from the Gardening Gang? Oh, my God, it's Sailor. And made such a big fuss. So hello, Rita and Toby. And Sailor says, woof. <laughs> <laughs> you better leave your Gardening Gang T-shirt home next week. And oh. go incognito. So Elton back in Australia next year, two for another send-off tour. He's a bit like John Farnham, isn't he? They just can't settle down. I'm just going to make a correction about the entry level, uh, sorry, the, the entry close-off for the Wyong Garden competition. I did mention it was only like a, a week away. It is now uh, wrong, certified wrong. It's 1st of September, not August. Yes. So you've got uh, several weeks to make a decision as to uh, getting those entries in for the Wyong Garden comp. Now, friends and neighbours, we are now joined by the lovely Vicky... Vicky is what hot. Yay. Every segment that she brings to us is a little piece of charm with the gardening gang. Good morning, oh. Vic. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. And good morning, all my customers from Narara Valley Nursery as well today. Friends and neighbours, yes. we've got you yes. all covered here. Okay, Vic, now here we go. What is hot in the nursery world at the moment around the Central Coast? Okay, well, let's start with my local nursery, Forest's Beach Garden Centre. And they have deciduous magnolias in stock, including a yellow variety called butterfly. <gasps> Looks really pretty. And still continuing with their relocation sale is Burbank and Kingcumber. Now, before you go any further, can I just cut yes. you back? Can you turn your radio down? I can hear it repeating back on the telephone. I don't have a radio here today. Well, I can't figure out what's happening because I'm hearing a repeat of you on the I'm system. Are you hearing that too? No. It must be you. You won't oh, go there. It must okay, be that sorry. Too. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Forget I asked that question. It's just yeah. my two ears aren't okay. balanced today. Okay, here we go. Burbank at Kingcumber offering 50% off crock pot. And then if mm. we head over to their Erina store, you will see that they are packed to the rafters with one of our winter favourite cyclamens. Ah. Okay, so there's a new kid on the block. It used to be Acorn Garden Centre, but they're now Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare. And they have another winter favourite and the star of this show, the camellia. Oh, there you go. I knew someone would have some camellia. No, everybody has camellias. Oh, we've got camellias too. Have you? they're not our stars this week. Right. Well, what's your star? (laughs) Okay, the stars this week in our garden centre, native to the foothills of the Himalayas, it's the show-stopping Cymbidium orchid. These are some of the best I have Mm -hmm. ever seen coming in, Mm -hmm. and they include the red flaming... Uh, the red flaming red pepper, mm-hmm. the yellow Farrah's Farrah's dream, and an apple green orchid, which is Rembrandt masterpiece crossed with Pacific Island emerald. Mm. Beautiful. Sounds so descriptive, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's a mouthful mm. to say. <laughs> Gorgeous. So, right. what's hot elsewhere? What's not hot now? What's not it's, hot elsewhere? It must be the say. repeating echo that you've got. Yeah, must Not be. hot. <laughs> Forgetting to bring your reusable shopping bags to the nursery. So unfortunately, or fortunately, we are unable to hand out plastics anymore. So just keep a few in your boots so you don't get caught hanging. And P.S. Don't forget to get out now and prune back your roses. Oh yes, 
An unpruned rose bush is not good. That's good. I've got a thought, though. There's no problem having brown paper bags. So if you bought a whole bunch of alcohol, you can just bring your brown paper bag along and you'll fill that too. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, maybe about a year ago I could have kept the nursery stock for months. Yes, that's... I wasn't going to say that, Vic. I know you've given up for Lent, but nevertheless. Hmm. Okay. I'm just wondering, too, what uh, we might be able to, uh, shall we say, um, take this into a camellia frame of mind. We're talking about camellias today. And now, because it's time for the Gardening Gang game, Fact or Fib... Have you got a story about camellias today, yes, Sherilyn? I do, Something that actually. you can There's relate to the audience so and Vicky? Many. You've got to so guess many. if it's a fact or a fib. Right. Sherilyn. Okay, so uh, back in the bushfires that happened in 2001, the Christmas Day bushfires, there was a retired uh, fire and rescue captain, Jim Powell, and he spent 41 years saving people's lives and also growing camellias. He had 860 in his front garden. So many of them. All the houses, and this was in Helensburg. Uh, people know it's a, a southern suburb. Oh, Shire suburb, isn't it, Pete? Indeed. Yeah, down in the Shire. Had 860 in his front garden. All the other houses around him burnt down. His was saved, and it was saved by the camellias. Is it a fact Oof. or is it a fib? She's doing this with a great deal of confidence, Vic. I'm thinking it could be a yay. I think it could be a fact. Yeah, I reckon she's coming in strong too. Let's go true today. Yep, absolutely true. He was the retired ah. firefighter said. He said after the blaze, uh, he actually then co-founded Australia's first camellia arc to identify and preserve rare and endangered camellias. Asked what his favourite camellia was, he said it was one planted in his garden by Bob Hawke. Strangely, it changes its colours and stripes across the plant, like many politicians, and that's true. <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay, Vic, thanks for your time this morning. We enjoyed your company as we do every Saturday morning around about now. Thank and you very uh, much, guys. we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Vic. Bye. All the best now. Bye. Coast FM. Feel right at home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. With the gardening gang today, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. And really, thanks to our sponsors. They're so good with uh, the Coast FM uh, sponsorship of our program. And I'm referring, of course, to Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs open all this weekend at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Thanks, Sherilyn, guys. my friend, yes. my little gardening buddy, it is time to get your hands dirty. That's right, Coasties. Get those gloves on and you're going to need those gumboots because it's wet, wet, wet out there. Let's first uh, get get some a uh, little bit of information out there. I know this is a bit boring <laughs> for people who don't have bees. I'm sorry, but it's very, very important. So the Varroa mite, as you might well know, has attacked a few of our lovely beehives across the central coast. If you have a beehive, whether you're in commercial production of honey and with bees or whether it's a backyard beehive, you need to contact the Exotic Plant Pest Hotline to find out what you need to do to keep our bee industry safe. 1-800-084-881-9-5, seven days a week, or jump on the Department of Primary Industries, and that is dpinewsouthwales.gov.au. So let's keep our honeybees safe. Also, if you're a beekeeper and you're facing some 
hardships, which you probably are, 1-800-344-090, for Rural Financial Counselling Services, okay? So they'll provide you lots of information on where you can go from now if you've been affected by this. If we're going to plant things this week... This is what we're going to do. Get your gloves on. Let's go. This week you can plant culinary herbs, artichokes, asparagus crowns, beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabi, kohlrabi. That's the German kind of turnips. They're very, very nice and becoming very popular. Get your lettuce in. No one wants to pay $12 for a lettuce. You can grow lettuce on the coast and in all temperate environments right now. Mustard. Onions, parsnips, peas, potatoes, rhubarb crowns, silver beet, and also my plant of the week, calendula, Canterbury bells, delphiniums, English daisies, gypsophila, that's baby's breath, honesty, marigolds, polyanthus, primulas, snapdragon, status, sweet williams, and verbena can be planted as well. You can find all of this information in Central Coast newspapers where I write the Down in the Garden gardening page every single week. There's the bell. Yes, the School of the Air is about to be open here. We answer your questions about the uh, garden concerns that you have on this radio station every Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang. It is time for Sherilyn to, uh, you know, kind of be tested today. Maybe the topic could be the camellias. If there's an issue you've got growing camellias, she'll be able to answer it. I reckon she will. I will. Call us now. What's the number, Sherilyn? It's 4322 0072. That's it. 4322 0072. That's Coast FM's hotline to your gardening question. 17 minutes after 9 o'clock here, Coast FM. It's the Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy, and it is the Gardening School of the Air. Yes, we're on the radio. And Sherilyn, a question came through. Uh, Warren wasn't really wanting to go on the air live. Uh, but Warren from uh, Empire Bay raised an interesting question. He said you had a bit of a discussion last week about the recycling of um, bits and pieces, uh, I think it was waste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said, could you use coal as a fertiliser? He reasons that coal is carbon, yes. fertilises, of course, carbon, nitrogen, all that sort of thing. Uh-huh. What is the potential there for coal? That, well, yeah, people have that. Well, it's not a silly question at all. He's a bit worried about that. But, yes, it can be turned into... He's completely right. It is carbon, and so it can be used as a fertiliser. However, then it needs to go through a bit of a process, and there are companies doing this at the moment, and they're doing it through a, a, a process called an oxidative hydrothermal dissolution process. What? I know! <laughs> That's what they do. So they, they heat it right up. They turn it into a slurry. They crush it all down. Oh, they crush it down. Subject it to heaps of heat and pressure, and da, 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 they get this fertilizer out of it. And they're actually using it in different places. And trials are really, really good. Um, whether we want to actually use so, Warren, for that. you won't be able to set up your plantation. No, over there's, at, a uh, you know, there's a bit of a there's a bit of Empire Bay. Give me enough space. <laughs> That's you won't be able to do it. But yes, he's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. You, We could turn coal into a fertiliser, and we are. There are things happening out there with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Well, there we Have go. Have I solved that one? We've got our big question. You've yes. answered the question. Thank you, Sherilyn, no today with the Gardening School of the Air. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've got time for any more because uh, our little friend Doreen's standing by. She is. There are any markets around the coast today, and we'll find out 
Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out about that. Mm-hmm. The markets of the coast right after this one. There's Roddy there. Rod Stewart, do you think I'm sexy? A little bit. On the radio this morning with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, the gardening gang, and it's being sponsored, of course, every week by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, open all weekend at Wyoming, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Right, I've got a little bit of late news in here. The Central Coast Community Garden Network is an amazing little organisation that gets together all of the coordinators of all the community gardens on the Central Coast so we can pool our resources and our knowledge. There's something coming up that's very important for the calendar. 1st of September, put it in your diaries, the coordinators meeting to support new gardens. There's lots of new community gardens wanting to be, or people wanting to start new community gardens on the coast. So they're asking for people who are already involved in community gardens on the coast to come along to this meeting on Thursday the 1st of September from 11am for about an hour or so just so you can just say hello to everybody. Tanya who's often on our show has sent this along to me. Find out more on Facebook at a community or Central Coast Community Garden Network. You can also drop me an email at gardeningcentralcoast.com at gmail.com and I'll head you in the right direction. And you going to this particular event? I sure am as a swampy, yes. The swampies are in there. We're coordinators. We we lend a hand. You're (laughs) very community-minded. Hi, Lee. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning with Tanya, the pet pet vet. Pet nurse. Hello, Tanya. Hello. Now, Tanya, there's some disturbing news coming out of Victoria. I know in particular the the LGA, the government area of Bass, in Melbourne, in fact, Mm. they want to ban cats from coming outside the house. Because they reckon they're all a danger to fauna, maybe also to fish. I'm not quite sure what else they'd be a danger to. From your observation as a uh, pet vet, is it a major issue in Australia? Look, it certainly is. Cats pose a big threat to wildlife. And, you know, I do somewhat agree, you know, what they're trying to do. I think that, you know, on both sides of the fence, okay, I think that indoor cats are happier cats healthier cats oh, okay. and indoor cats do make great pets you know and I think for the destruction of our native wildlife I think that you know I think definitely I, there needs to be some boundaries. I feel that Ooh. a cat is very adjustable to their environment if you just chopped him off not chop him off with the legs but said no he can't go outside anymore <laughs> Freddie he so? will accept that or she will not? accept is that. that no Absolutely not. No, it will be very, very stressful. Like I say, if you get, you know, a 5, 8, 10, 15-year-old cat that is used to being outside and you Mm. try and close them off, it's going to cause all sorts of health problems. They will get stressed when they're stressed. Things Mm, like cystitis will develop. And it will not only be stressful for the animals, but it will be also stressful for the owners, okay? This might not be the case for all breeds, okay? Some breeds are different to others. Some cats are different to others. Some cats are super relaxed and they may adapt really, really well. But it's not going to be the case for all cats. And I think to just cut it off by a certain date, 
I actually think that's very cruel. So if you've got a kitten and you mm-hmm. teach it to be inside from day one, I'm assuming from what you've said that they're fine, but are there certain breeds that it will never be okay for them to be inside 24-7? No, I think that if they are inside from day one, I think pretty much all breeds will accept it. Okay. However... It's kind of like dogs, you know. I think that some breeds of dogs are really high energy and you need to have enough stimulation for them. Cats are the same. And a lot of people don't know a lot about cat breeds because, you know, most people have domestic short hairs or domestic Uh long hairs. They have, you know, they have rescue cats. So cat Mm. breeds aren't a big thing here in Australia. I just thought of something, Tanya. If Sherilyn was going to stand for council and the platform was (laughs) keep your cats indoors, what would be her chances of being elected? People want cats indoors. Um, okay, so Sherilyn, only... you'd probably get yeah. elected if you. Well, I'd want cat. Look, I'd want cats in. I don't have a cat, okay. and and so I'd want cats. At the next indoors. election, <laughs> vote one for Sherilyn. Vote one for Sherilyn. Yeah, cats <laughs> indoors. <laughs> and it's, like I say, it's safe for them. The number of mm. cats that we get in that have you know smashed up pelvises because they've been hit by a car. Yeah. That you know, cats that have been attacked by dogs, cats that come in because. You know, they've got tick paralysis mm. or, you know, they've been bitten bitten by snakes. Yeah. You know, or they've been in cat fights. Like, that's mm. huge in the summer. Mm. You know, it, it, there's so many reasons, you know, the wildlife, absolutely, but for their own safety. And not only that, indoor cats make much better pets because they're, all of their hunting instincts don't kick in. Like, people don't understand that... You know, the people that don't usually don't like cats are the people that have never met a cat that is an indoor-only pet. They make great pets. Well, as they say in the Um, old, as they say in the old Edna, you know. Snappy Tom, he's made their choice. Oh, the ca- I think it's the cats of Australia, the cats of Australia haven't have got a cho- choice. Well, no, I think it's the cats Snappy of Australia Tom. haven't got a choice. <laughs> <laughs> They've be, got to be inside. It could be an indoor life for you guys. Yeah. Okay, Tess, but it, thank is, you. it is for the greater good, I get yeah. that, but it needs to be developmental. Yes. It just can't be like, you know yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, ten uh, wise words of wisdom from our pet vet every Saturday morning here at Coast FM. Yes, thank you, Have Tanya. a nice weekend, my sweet. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. See you then. Meow. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. And joined now with Lachlan McDonald from Ray White McDonald Partners at their East Gosford address. Working hard today, Lachlan, are we? Or just having a blood? Always, always. <laughs> it's hard working. I, I know it's hard work now in the industry because not as many uh, you know, fanciful uh, cashed-up buyers as there have been. Just uh, a report that came out in the paper this week, Cheryl, that you, yes. you showed me there, was um, all about the age of first-home buyers is a little like the, the temperature with <laughs> climate control. Yeah. Things are going up. It's gone up. Yeah, look, 20 years ago it was about 25 was the average age of the first home buyers, Lachlan, and now we're looking mm. at 35 is the average well, age of can a... Can I just tell you something? Uh, when you first bought your home, yes. you and, of course, were in your senior years because uh, you worked around the world, yep. uh, the Littles bought their first house at Berkeley Vale for, a, oh, I think it's $11,000, big money what? in the day. <laughs> oh, OK. Back in 73 or 4, maybe 5. 
And uh, I was 26 years of age then. Okay, all right. So okay. that would be right. That would be about the right. The average for the first mm-hmm. home buyers back in those days at 8% interest was around about that. Okay. Okay. Now today it's... Today it's 35. Oh, my God. Lachlan, you're yeah. age. Yeah. Okay. So, Lachlan, are you seeing that here on the Central Coast as well, mate? Definitely, guys. Yeah, I mean... We often have conversations with sellers and we'll say, oh, you know, we think your home would be perfect for a Sydney first home buyer and they nearly fall off their chair. <laughs> I say, no, 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 you don't understand. This is not the first home buyer you're thinking of. They're probably mid-40s and they probably have a much bigger budget they've just never bought before. Yeah, ah. that's it. That makes sense. Mate. So there's, there's a lot of buyers what, where the average might be mid-30s. If you look at it across the country, I think in markets like Sydney and the Central Coast, uh-huh. you know, Brisbane, Melbourne, I dare say there's, you know, probably the proportion's quite a bit higher than that even. Actually, I'd agree with that too. See, I was a first home buyer and that was seven years ago without giving too much away. But, yeah, I was in about that ballpark. Yeah, I'm giving it away. <laughs> I'm not giving it away. I'm not giving it away. And coming from Sydney to say, yeah, that, yeah, there you go. So I am part of well, that. Well, so reality bites here. Now, <laughs> Central Coast for so many years, Lachlan, was a great place for first home buyers. Not so much today or there are parts of the coast that are still within reach? still is, you know, in terms of access to the major, like to, to Sydney, and other amenities, it's still very affordable considering how close you are. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely good opportunities for first-home buyers. I think the northern part of the Central Coast is still representing really good value for first-home buyers. It's obviously doubled in the last few years, of course, <laughs> but it's still within the realms of, you know, where first-home buyers can just reach to. Now, Lachlan, yes. can I just put a question to you, mate? This is a question without notice. In the event... I love those, Pete. They're my favourite. <laughs> Oh, throw a curly one in, mate. Uh, with the increase, I mean, they're talking about some substantial increases in the interest uh, rate coming up. What price band is going to be affected the most, you reckon? Is it like the million-dollar price band or is it going to be the $2 million price band? What, what do you think is going to be affected most in terms of demand or mm. is it going to be a, a big focus on the cheaper properties? It's a really interesting uh, question, Pete, because we are already seeing that shifting focus of demand, and it's actually the mid-range properties that are actually that are struggling more. So, what you're seeing is the first home buyers or the people that are at that sort of lower end um, or the value price point. They're now competing with people who were stretching their limits yeah. and spending more, yep. but they've decided we don't want to do that now. It's a little too risky. So they're coming back a few notches in terms of price point. So it's affordable so the, for them. Obviously, yeah. it is, yeah. Obviously, the upper price points, it's a different story again. There's always going to be some hesitancy even in the luxury market, but those people aren't really affected by interest rates. It's the broader economic outlook that, that they'd be looking at. Mm. Um, they're mostly sort of cash buyers. Uh, or very large portion of it anyway. But, yeah, that mid-range, that sort of million to sort of 1.5, 1.7, that's sort of where we're finding there's a lower demand than, say, the sub-million or, say, you know, the, the upper end. So there you go, first-hand buyers. That's probably out of your grasp anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, second-hand buyers, <laughs> you may have a good a lot of choice yes, out there. <laughs> okay. yeah. So thanks for your time, mate, and we'll catch you next week here at Coast FM. Thanks, Lachlan. Thank you. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM, there's Betty Midler under the boardwalk. 
And this is the Gardening Gang, sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming and also Doormaster Security. Next week on the show, we're talking trees, right, Joe? We sure are. It's National Tree Day next Sunday the 31st, so we'll be talking all about trees. It's the largest community nature care event in Australia. Over 300 people volunteer their time, and we'll be talking all about how you can get involved and also about trees themselves.